LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. Hey, everybody. It is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. Folks, my vision, totally foobar. I can barely see the screen. Had my eyes dilated. Had an eye doctor appointment this morning. Folks, if I can hit the right buttons, I can do it all, man. We're good to go. But I can see that somewhere in that vicinity is where my camera is. And I know my microphone is right here. So I'm good. Good to go. Let's go ahead and get it out of the way. For those of y'all are here, welcome. Thank you so much. Um, anyway, ooh, Tucker Car Tucker's gone? Did somebody get rid of Tucker Carlson? Interesting. All right. We're going to talk about Schrodinger's activist. And for those of you all who know, it's kind of like Schrodinger's cat. You know, it's like Schrodinger's immigrant. You know, they're both either A, lazy, or B, they're taking all of our jobs. Which is it, right? Well, I've been an activist for a long time. I've been doing this MMT thing for a very, very long time. I don't have a sophisticated understanding. I am a lay person. I am not a trained economist. I just work with a lot of trained economists. And over the course of a decade, I've learned a few things. And, uh, one of the things that I learned was that way back when we first got this thing started, nobody had heard of modern monetary theory. Very few people had heard of MMT. And we activists, well, we did what they do. We instigated, we agitated, we propagandized, we spread the word, we uh, did direct action, if you will, uh, by going to people's live feeds and blowing them up with MMT and got into internet wars with people that swore that their tax dollars were paying for things and got into wars with people about other concepts like not understanding state versus federal and, and so forth. However, we can clearly see that people heard of MMT. And we know that back in, I don't know, 2015, 2016 timeframe, uh, during Bernie's first run, we know for a fact that we were reaching probably about 36, 32 to 36 million a month. That doesn't mean everybody read our stuff. It just means before Facebook decided to shut the algorithms down, we were reaching, I mean, our, our report for how many people had viewed our content was in the, you know, was in the 36 million mark. And we were easily adding, uh, 10,000 subscribers a month, 10,000 a month. And, uh, when they shut that all off, you know, a lot of our reach died and we had to start begging people to please share our content, begging people to. Um, you know, to help us get past the, the algorithms and some people do it. Most people still don't understand what key role they play. If they just simply hit the like button and help us, 
these algorithms are freaking hungry for likes. They're hungry for engagement. They're hungry for comments. And so without those things, the, the content just doesn't get out there. But as activists, guys like myself spoke at big rallies. Like I spoke at Occupy Inauguration. I spoke at um, the Convergence Conference. I spoke at uh, the Green Party National uh, meeting. I spoke at regional meetings for those things. I spoke everywhere. I've been on tons and tons of shows. I've been on most of the huge platforms from Jimmy Dore to the Humanist Report. Um, you've seen me on frequently with Status Quo and Jordan Cheriton. Uh, I'm a frequent guest on uh, Political Misfits on Sputnik Radio. I uh, used to be on Fault Lines quite a bit, on with Jen Perlman. I'm, you know, I'm on a lot of these shows, been on with Savvy Sabs and, uh, with, uh, RBN gang. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that activists are typically needed to get the word out, but they're also hated. And the big hate and the big issue here that I'm using for today's conversation is about academics. So academics create this beautiful body of knowledge. A lot of times that body of knowledge is written for other academics, written for people that probably will never see a day of suffering a day in their lives, very sanitary. It's very straightforward, but it's very necessary because ultimately it serves as the body of knowledge on a given subject. And so guys like me and folks presumably much like yourselves will either listen to a podcast or listen to a TV show or an interview. Um, they'll read a book, they'll read a white paper, and then they'll take that knowledge, marry it up with whatever subject they're trying to fight for and try and get the word out. Okay. And most people, th when you think about this, most other schools of thought, most other things that activism entails are not dealing in white paper and peer reviewed papers are not dealing with law professionals are not dealing with uh, the academics that literally go through this stuff with a fine tooth comb and create what amounts to be the body of knowledge. So an activist, somebody has got to be kind of like that bridge that go between because they're speaking in a language that most of us don't understand. Okay. Most of us have never experienced the level of, um, very rigid and regimented, uh, collegiate education needed, required to read some of the double speak. It feels like in these white papers and these, um, you know, in these papers that go out. And so between interviews with people and asking them questions, that's what I do in macro and cheese. I ask them questions based on things I see from you all, based on things I see the fights going on in Twitter and YouTube and all over. I try to take those questions and ask them of experts to bring out that information. However, once you start fighting with various people, in particular, other academics and other economists that have a neoclassical belief or have a belief system that's founded by the establishment training, and you as an activist go toe to toe with them. These guys are used to having, when they drink their coffee, it looks something like this. 
pinky out if you think about spongebob and patrick starfish oh you forgot the pinky put the pinky out gentle sweet people that can't possibly deal with the salty attitudes of activists and so we have this one segment of the population that runs around shaming people and and stuff like that for daring to use salty regular people language and um and they're offended by your and they call you a cult member and they they punch down okay they punch down if you will at the activist who's been spreading the information and interestingly i see these academics writing papers one such individual richard murphy recently wrote several papers and several articles where he isolated activists and basically said you know they're like a cult and um he even did some godwin's law comparing it to nazism i mean no joke even comparing it to nazism and so one of the things that i um i really struggled with was you know there's this whole kind of everybody comes together and apologizes for the activist apologizes for well you know these activists don't have a really good understanding of the subject matter which is true and simultaneously those academics that are not mmt instead of reading the literature from peers you know their their comrades or colleagues right they sit there and they look at twitter at activists and they say ah mmt somebody simply said we can print as much money as we want and never go broke we could buy everything and they don't have the freaking deeper understanding of the limits of spending with real resources with full employment they don't have that fullness of knowledge and so then well look these guys don't know their ass from their elbow then somebody from the other side will come in and go well yes it is unfortunate that there are some activists out there saying things that are not quite not quite up to par not quite up to par yes, yes, yes right and so between navel gazing non-stop navel gazing and dusting off the glass racks the glass in the museum that these white papers are kept in otherwise okay dusting them off and keeping them nice and clean for someone else to come through in 100 years to read their great work we're out there taking things that nobody will ever fucking read a day in their lives and trying to get people to pay attention to it while simultaneously taking every single stomach shot face shot freaking broken noses and stuff proverbially in the social media realm doing the activism and talking to our comrades in the left for example who are busy out there pushing all manner of sound finance neoclassical bullshit okay our friends they're pushing bullshit and we're trying to debunk that and still maintain relations and when we do that we break eggs we cause problems people get angry people go well mmt activists they're mean they say mean things they were not very kind to me 
And so then all of a sudden, some ac academic writes a paper literally calling activists that are learning something very freaking difficult. And mind you, every single newspaper out there is pushing the wrong shit. Every single one of them is lying to us. And then when we ask a question, if we're not spot on, we didn't get it perfect. We're Schrodinger's activists. We're creating the problems, yet we're fixing the problems. We're trying desperately to reach a world that genuinely believes that we are broke as a nation, that genuinely believes somehow or another the existence of dollar hegemony is based on faith in the dollar and not realizing all the other aspects of a fiat currency and how it works. And so as a result of us dealing with this kind of weird dichotomy of, yes, we're the good guys, we're fighting these battles at the layperson level, and B, simultaneously, that non-MMT academics read our comments and then fight with MMT academics, and then the MMT academics has to disavow themselves or put down the activists as dumb and unlearned and just, you know, whatever, or that's unfortunate. And I mean, I remember having my legs cut out from me, under me, when I was fighting tooth and nail about the state by state, and I was explaining the federal government is the currency issuer, that states are currency users. I used not just my knowledge, but their actual work to back my statements up. I not only used their work to back my statements up, but I brought experts in to talk to them. For example, Bottle Kaboob and Bill Black. We even brought Randy Ray on to talk about how we fund programs, how we talk about funding programs really matters. But simultaneously in public, because it got ugly, because instead of just hearing the words we were saying, it was turned into like a shit show. It became a let me see who can throw the most dog shit and say, oh, this guy's just trying to ruin the memory of my child. Or, oh, they just don't want us to have uh, health care. Or, oh, uh, they're splitters and they're not about solidarity with a, with a whatever. Right? There's all this weird shit, right? Instead of saying, Hey, listen, you know, there's something very important to understand about the difference between a currency issuer and a currency user. Instead, it was like those cult activists. In fact, there's some even that have called us activists a cult that because we use MMT as the lens to show that we can do the Green New Deal, that we can, uh, that we can do it with healthcare. When we talk about Medicare for all and say it's deflationary and explain why and we use the warren mosler clip or we talk about petrodollars as a numeraire and not the the thing that everybody's trying to act like it is the minute we piss off somebody there's somebody there to apologize for our behavior that somehow or another we were so unwieldy in our way of presenting the information that we are just not learned and that we're We've, we, you know, we're, we're mean or, oh, that's quite unfortunate how they said that. Oh, no one should ever be made, whatever. There's always some way of kicking the activist. 
punching down. We call this punching down in any other world, but in this world, we call it, hey, that's the right thing because we've got to punch certain activists. Now, within our space, unlike the academics who their peer is other peers who have their papers reviewed by other peers, okay? We are here at the activist level and we tend to have to ask academics and other practitioners to validate what we're saying. And then once they say, yeah, that's true, then someone else trots out their expert to say, no, that's not true. Now, all of a sudden, we've got this like, well, you said it was true, but my expert says it's not true. So I'm going with my expert because my expert says state by state's a thing, whatever. There are a lot of layers of battles going on that people don't even have any clue of, okay, that far exceed the construct of many of these live streams. There's inner squabbles at higher levels. There's inner squabbles at the higher levels down to the lower levels. And then there's squabbles amongst lower levels, the positioning higher levels, all kinds of insanity that you don't know about. A lot of times I don't know about. Sometimes I do know about. A lot of times I do know about. And I know that I'm frequently in the crosshairs of certain individuals used to really bother me a lot because I know my heart is pure. I knew desperately what I'm trying to do with my activism. So whenever I'm mischaracterized or the, they, they cherry pick a negative behavior in the absence of all the positive behaviors, I frequently find myself, you know, back in the day would really cause me days, sometimes weeks of no sleep because I couldn't believe that I was being shit on. Um, but here in the future, here now, I'm, I've gotten to the point where I recognize that no matter what you do, you're still Schrodinger's activist. You are great because now all of a sudden everyone knows about MMT, but you're bad because you pissed off AOC and AOC no longer wants to talk MMT because somebody said taxes don't fund spending and it caused her a great deal of grief. And some uh, snot-nosed kid had to d- fix every damage, every broken problem that the the real progressives activists did. Uh, and now all of a sudden, now everything's okay. I've said, I took care of AOC. She's now good. But you guys, it took years to unfuck what you did, right? We're either not powerful or we're extremely powerful. Which is it, right? Um, Gollum is a better metaphor. It's me go here. I, I actually like grime a worm to surely you're, Surely you're glorious, you king. Surely you're wonderful, you're majestic, you king. But it's but it's really fucking important, okay? Because you know we we have this basic money story from MMT that we know. We know fundamentally that the role of federal tax is not a funding operation, and so in that space we know, right? There's a lot more to MMT. Right. There's a huge amount more to MMT. And unless you've got a job that allows you 60, 80, 100 hours a week to ramp up and you've got really good eyes, unlike me, and are able to read constantly while simultaneously listening constantly uh, to uh, podcasts and just taking notes and getting your whole story down perfectly. You're never going to be able to know everything, right? And so it's important to kind of know 
kind of important to know. Um, how do you put it? It's kind of important to know what's important. How about that? It's important not to stress about things that aren't important, but there in which lies the problem. You and I, we are unsophisticated. We are uh, not traveling in groups that are used to that small fork at lunch. We don't know what that fork does. I don't, can somebody tell me what the small fork is for? I like the big fork. Am I supposed to alternate? Is it salad one, you know, dessert with the other, you know? You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know. And which which plate should I use? And am I only supposed to eat half of the meal? Because otherwise, if I eat the whole meal, it looks like I'm a poor person and who has starving. You're supposed to leave a little something for the mice in proper society. What is it that you do? And what's all this swirl on the plate? Am I supposed to take my food through it and dab it up and eat it like it's syrup on a pancake? Or am I supposed to leave it there because it's art? I don't know. What am I supposed to do? So, Jonathan, you're letting your privilege show. What in the world are you talking about? Shrimp is the tiny one? Well, of course shrimp is the tiny one. That's why it's called shrimp. It's the tiny one, right? Anyway, I, I say this to you because this is a very, very challenging world to be an activist in. You've got to know who not to piss off. You got to know if you talk to this person, this person won't talk to you anymore. And if you talk, don't talk to that person, you'll never get the question answered about uh, what happens in this de-dollarization, for example. I mean, and my God, everybody's just pumping these big, huge block letters on their YouTube channel. De-dollarization, the end of the dollar, the this, the that. This is what we are pummeled with as activists. And so in order to friggin' stand up and fight for this thing that we believe in and we're trying to gain public support for, you have to be current eventing, analyzing, synthesizing, and then spitting it back out and being able to have an answer for the hope that lies within. But if this stuff is just over your head, and people aren't taking the time to explain it. And you're not asking the right questions. You're just going along with Jimmy Dore. God love Jimmy. But Jimmy's out there saying some crazy stuff about economics. He doesn't understand what he's saying, but he says it anyway. It doesn't matter if he understands. He says it. And, and I listen to, you know, all kinds of folks. And it, these are people that are supposed to be fellow travelers that you love and you want to be. But you got to correct the economics. And so they're going to hate you too. So once again, Schrodinger's activist kicks in, right? Sure, there's somebody out there that act, after you have made this a point, you've shaken them up to wake them up, to break, shake the structure up or break the structure up, whatever. Now all of a sudden they're willing to listen and maybe somebody comes in with kid gloves and says it in the way that they hear. But somebody's got to wake them up to get them to even listen, right? I say this to you because, you know, if, if, if the, you know, academics or the practitioners or whoever speak very short code cryptically and tell you not to worry, don't worry, this is nothing. And you're sitting there, you got, imagine, imagine going out there on Twitter and 
hypothetically, Danny Haifong, who I happen to have a great deal of admiration for with his understanding of China, but not know so much as understanding of economics, right? Like I would definitely go to Danny for anything as it pertained to understanding China, just like Carl Jaws, wonderful on that. But I'm not going to go to Danny Haifong and ask him about economics, but a lot of his posts are about economics. And it's the hair on fire kind of stuff. Oh, the, the end of the dollar is nigh, whatever. And it's like, that's not really true though, right? And you want the left to get it right because we want the left to be successful. But they are given to hyperbolic economic takes that are, just aren't necessarily so. So now you've got to deal with trying to find an academic or find a practitioner that can answer the question correctly and simultaneously be able to say it in a way that maybe Danny or Ajamu or um, Jimmy Dore or uh, Chris Hedges or you know any of these people out there, that they'll hear it and get it. And, and unfortunately, they don't listen to the MMT community about this stuff, you know? And I listen to the stuff, and you're trapped. You're trapped in this weird purgatory of if you ask a stupid question, they're not going to answer you. And at the same time, when you go to talk to these people that are spreading misinformation and disinformation in hyperbolic fashion, they're not listening to you either. And it's a very, very depressing place to be because as I started this off with guys like Richard Murphy, who's from the UK, who we talked about me and Mike Hall talked about his nonsense paper about Mosler the other day, guys like him will blame the ignorance of the people based on Twitter, based on their lack of understanding of what Mosler's saying. And so now all of a sudden, it's the activists that screwed up academia. Someday you'll have to explain that. I don't understand that because I know when I did papers in grad school, even when I was doing my PhD, I did not finish my PhD. But when I was doing my PhD, if you did not properly document your sources and your use peer-reviewed material, you weren't you were going to be in trouble. It wasn't going to work out for you. So I oftentimes wonder. How in the world these critics of MMT that lean on activists and blame activists for their for for having it wrong, right? Instead of going and punching up, and instead of like someone like Richard Murphy taking on Stephanie Kelton, for example, right? Um, you know, he took on Warren Mosler, and Warren's more than strong enough and broad enough to take on uh, Richard. Now, I don't have any question at all that Warren will tie Richard in knots. What I do have an issue with is that when activists try to support these things, other than just being willing, you know, yes men clapping, art, 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 right? When you contribute to the conversation and you're used as the reason why this academic failed to understand, you're used as the reason, if you will, okay, that, you know, some academic has the wrong understanding of MMT and some trust fund baby is going to have to run out there and do a podcast on it and explain how, you know, how it is, right? That's, that's incredibly insulting. 
that's incredibly disingenuous and it's bad faith. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long, long time. And this kind of weird triangulation between the, the peers that should be battling, the academics should be battling one another, and the way the antagonists pointed activists, and then the way that the MMT folks say, well, you know, they don't know what they're talking about, so deal with me. It's kind of like both punching down, and instead of just automatically going up here, why in the world would an activist be in the crosshairs between academics? Why would that be? I don't understand how, why would an academic ever need to apologize for an activist? Why are activists not able to be seen as agitators and, and propagandists like they're supposed to be, like, like from the dawn of time? Like going all the way back to fucking Lenin even, who talked about the need for agitation and the need for education and the need for, you know, people talking to one another. When nobody knew of MMT, I remember getting grilled 24 by 7 because I dared say federal taxes do not fund programs, period. Okay. And then some chucklehead came in and said, well, what about the TGA? What about the TGA? The Treasury's general account. Okay, we've already talked about this. I'm not going to talk about it for much. But the TGA is inside the government. Okay, it's not money outside because money doesn't really exist within the government. All right, that's not how it works. Government creates currency out of thin air, but this TGA exists. Okay. And it's kind of like the overdraft for all the checks that go out the door. They've got to make sure that these checks clear. And so this is the TGA, the Treasury's general account. And so they just increment it up to show, hey, account's not negative. And that's what the TGA does. But the TGA is this big deal with something, especially new people learning it that are very, very into esoteric things. Well, what about the TGA? And so you've got this whole kind of elitist, well, no, taxes actually do fund spending, Steve, the TGA. No, they fucking don't. Okay, no, they don't. All right. But regardless, you listen to Randy Ray talk. Randy Ray says what? Randy says, what happens to taxes after? I don't know. What happens when you hit the delete button on a on a calculator? Where do those point where does the numbers go? Or when you're at a baseball game and Where'd the numbers come from up on the scoreboard? And if you make a mistake and you take it away, where did it go? He says, that's something for physics to discuss, right? Well, that is Randy Ray, who was a very, very brilliant uh, original guy, the OGA guy, right? The OG man of MMT, him and Mosler and Bill Mitchell. And he's telling you, I don't know what happens to them once they're deleted. They're gone. They don't exist anymore. Well, if you're reading Randy's material and you're repeating Randy's material based on the way he's written it, then what happens? You go out there and you say this. And then someone like Richard Murphy comes in behind you and goes, oh, 
the folly of these activists. They don't know what they're talking about. These idiots, they don't know what they're talking about. You said something mean to me? They must be a cult. Oh, my God, it's like Nazis attacking me. But this is where we're left at, and it's kind of a weird middle-of-the-road, screwed kind of nobody wants to claim you and nobody wants to lose you either. They want you to keep putting it out there. They want you to keep promoting it. And yet at the same time, they'd like you to shut your mouth. They'd like to diminish your presence, diminish your uh, reach, not share your work, not acknowledge your work, not recommend your work, not anything your work, just completely treat you as if you don't exist. And then simultaneously, when somebody complains about it, be like, yeah, those guys over there, they're real assholes. But these guys over here are good. Those, yeah, those guys, they're, they're assholes. This Schrodinger's activist model that I'm talking about here has come up so many times. It's not even funny. And there is a group of people that are gleeful to punch down at activists. Yes. There is a group of people gleeful to punch down. And uh, I'm 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 really disappointed. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm really disappointed, right? Uh, right now, I know enough about reserve accounting to probably get you guys better than you are today, but maybe not where you need to be to be quote unquote passable within some of these spaces. And so if you went out there and you said some of this stuff within some of those spaces, you might get slapped down as you don't know what you're talking about. It's not true. I mean, you do, but you're learning, right? And you're trying. And in a world where no one gets this shit right, but a handful, a small, tiny group of people, this tiny, 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 tiny group of people. And you're taking the time to try to learn it and try to get others to learn it and get others to be interested in it. You should get a fucking Nobel Prize for that. You should get some sort of fucking, I don't know, free cheeseburgers for life or something. Free Slurpees. Something. You should always get like a like on your tweets or something. Something to grandfather in because it's a lot of hard thankless work and you and I as activists should not be the punching bags at the bottom of these academic back and forths when the bigs fight at no point in time should Schrodinger's activist be used as fodder to punch down to detract from the fact that this motherfucker that doesn't know MMT didn't bother reading your literature, didn't bother reading your peer-reviewed work, instead ran a tweet from Sammy Sausagehead, who just now stumbled onto a, a meme that said taxes don't fund spending, and now all of a sudden he's using that person as their punching bag. Some of this stuff really... It make it takes the it takes the joy out of doing this stuff, and yet you know 
you know, as someone that is fighting for collective wins, that if you don't do this stuff, you're left to the rest of the left who's busy out there using right-wing economic framing. Still, I mean, I see folks, I'm not going to mention their names, but I know you see them too, that are out there, Nina, I, I will mention Nina Turner, Ro Khanna, uh, some of the other lefty lefties, the real left out there using the worst economic framing ever. And saying, well, my hard-earned tax dollars are going to Israel or my hard-earned tax dollars, when you know clearly, not only is appealing to the taxpayer mindset very classist, pointing to the rich, because there's a lot of people out there that are homeless and don't have an income, okay? And there are other people out there who have huge income, all right? They don't pay any tax, okay? So this concept of the taxpayer dollar has been debunked many times as a classist, racist trope used to solidify the wealthy as the good people that pay the taxes and denigrate anyone else who does not, quote unquote, pay the taxes, when in reality, it's a trope in and of itself. It's a butt shot. It's a freaking smack in the face to the working class. It's class war. Okay. But ultimately, in the end, you and I are left to try to either A, disabuse our friends on the left from their economic illiteracy, or we just have to shut up and sit on our hands and hope to God that some of the more enlightened ones um, take the time to talk to those people. Okay, and not just write them off. Because see, unfortunately, unfortunately, the left doesn't trust centrists. And centrists don't care about the left. The only time they care about the left is in election time when they punch down and blame them for not voting for their centrist candidate like a Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton, whatever. Then all of a sudden the left is necessary because after all, we cost them the election. Or don't we matter? It's always a weird thing. We're always the one being judged by the centrists, by these elitist snobs, these well-to-do people that worry about their trust funds and their 401ks and their money market accounts and all the rest of the shit. The rest of us just try to get fucking through life. So the activist's motive, in my opinion anyway, has always been to save lives and to help each other and to change the narrative so that we can have nice things. And I believe that that is shared within the, the academics, especially the ones that we work with. Unfortunately, because of the political nonsense this country in particular, the U.S. has. There's a lot of patty caking with the Democratic Party. And when they get things very wrong, I mean, sure, it's a point of disagreement, sure, whatever, but for guys like me and for, I'm presuming, people like you, 
when they get it wrong and they raise taxes or they raise interest rates, it may be true that raising taxes and raising interest rates maybe don't fundamentally force unemployment. But at the very least, they signal to industry to lay people off. And so people at the bottom, once again, get laid off. That's real. You can't pay your mortgage. You can't pay your uh, electric bill. You can't take care of your family. So activism has a very different goal, in my opinion, a very different purpose and being. I think there's a lot of really, really great academics, people that I know and love and care about very much so um, within the MMT community at large. And the greater academic community, which is not necessarily MMT by itself. But this concept of activists being the bane of everyone's existence, the reason why other academics don't understand MMT, I think it needs to be shattered. I think we need to absolutely be vicious in cutting that one off. If you're an academic, message to academics, let's just get this straight. If you are not an MMT academic and you have not read the works of your peers, and if you have not messaged them privately offline and asked them questions as somebody learning, as opposed to someone thinking that they have the sack to critique it without knowledge, to me, that's on you. That has nothing to do with activists. And if an activist online said something that you don't understand, you might take a moment to step down from your perch and find out what they think they mean by that statement. Because it's very important to take this haughty theoretical world and help people who are propagandized by the Washington Post, New York Times. We don't have access to barons. You got to have a fucking... Uh, uh, subscription for that. You don't have access to the New York Times, even though it's a lot of propaganda, but that's what they quote, because it costs a lot of money to have a subscription to the New York Times. And you don't have a uh, subscription to some rando's uh, investment portfolio channel, or maybe you don't have 700 bucks to, uh, to uh, subscribe to every single Substack now that everybody's trying to get paid for every post they make with Substack. A lot of people get very, very wealthy off these Substack things. Fine, more power to you in this capitalist world. I'm telling you right now, we don't charge for the stuff that we do at RP because to us, even though there's a potential for a paywall and all the other stuff that everyone else does, to us, our goal, our purpose in existing is to help you guys understand this stuff. And we recognize that we don't know everything either, which is why we bring experts to the table. I hope that makes some sense. I, I, this, you know, when I was talking through prepping for this live stream today, the question was raised, Steve, are you sure this isn't Steve therapy? Are you sure this isn't something just to help you work out your demons? And the answer is, is no, I'm not sure. It might just be a Steve vlog purge to kind of get through some of my own demons. But my thought is, Maybe not for all of you. Maybe some of you all aren't as committed to this cause as others. But for those that are very committed to this and are finding what I'm talking about here, 
you're experiencing that in your social media activism and otherwise, if you're seeing what I'm talking about and you're living this um, out in the real time, then you understand full well the 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 very real drama that I'm painting out there for you. And like, I don't mind being wrong on any subject at all. I mean, I try desperately to be right whenever I can be. But if I'm wrong, I don't have a problem with being, you know, explained and taught because I'm seeking knowledge. I'm not here to say I know everything, right? So if you approach me as I am, which is, hey, look, I think I know a lot and I think I'm trying to learn more. And if I'm wrong, that's all to the good. I want you to teach me what I got wrong. But telling me it's not a big deal, they're just, they're just blowing it out of proportion. That's not going to work. I can't take that statement out there and say, guys, it's not a big deal. It's nothing. And they're going to say, what does that even mean, Steve? And you're like, well, I don't know. That's all that was told to me. But as for explanation, I was told it's no big deal. It's just fear mongering. Don't worry about it. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? When you're asking honest, earnest questions. And you're patted on the head with, don't worry about it. It's just, it's just dumb people saying dumb things. Nothing to see here. I ask this because fundamentally, I understand that the petrodollar concept was a structure brought in post Bretton Woods with the Saudis that basically put the U.S. dollar as the uh, numeraire that would uh, be used to price and purchase gasoline products in, right? And I guess at some level that's satisfying, but it's not really satisfying because you know that every fucking show you go to on the left is somebody saying, the end of the petrodollar is here. They're looking at the petro one. Everybody under the sun. Oh, look at the petro one. What are we? Petro. It's like, have you ever used a petrodollar before? No. Has anyone used a petrodollar before? No. What is a petrodollar? Oh, it's a pricing mechanism. It's a numeraire. In other words, it's pointing to a price priced in U.S. dollars. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, there's probably a lot more depth that one can go into. The reason why it doesn't matter to someone like a Warren Mosler about the petrodollar. Wouldn't you like to know the 15 things below that versus, that's eh, no big deal. Or when you talk about the deficit myth and you say, well, you know, taxes are used to offset spending and make room for additional spending. It's like, well, why are you taxing me based on what? Why aren't you taxing the rich? Oh, I know why. Because taxes don't fund spending. But if I allow every single person to be able to access these resources too quickly without production to match that, it's going to create huge shocks to the supply chain like what we experienced during the pandemic. So what's the difference with taxes at the rich? Taxes at, well, we're making room, we're offsetting spending. Well, who's going to spend on these things? It would be the people down here. 
because that guy up there only still needs to buy a couple loaves of bread. He may have trillions of dollars, but his spending isn't going on loaves of bread. That's us. So the real economy where you and I live, okay, that's it's a totally different ball of cheese, isn't it? And so each of these steps has very, very important points. No, that's nothing to worry about. Don't worry about it. Okay, I won't worry about it. But yet when I go to talk to other people to try and convince them not to worry about it, you need to know more information. I need more information to back up why that doesn't matter. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, this is the disconnect because up here, Petrodollar, these guys that understand it roll their eyes. They're like, right? But then down here, it's like, oh, so what do you do? Hey, you're like messaging. Hey, expert up top, I need reinforcements. I need help. Give me more documentation to show why this is a giant nothing burger so that I can respond in kind. It's like, thou shalt not have additional information. Thou shalt allow only the clerics of the holies of the holies to read the good word. You parishioners shall only be receiving the word through my inspired voice. Like the Catholic Church. So we're trying, and this is why macro and cheese is so important. This is why all of the um, shows that we try and do on you know, the rogue scholar, I try and talk about this stuff plainly to you all. I try to talk about it as a struggling activist because I have to learn this shit too sometimes. Sometimes, even though I've been doing this a long time, there's a new wrinkle that's brought up that stretches my frail understanding of certain subjects, okay? Stretches my understanding of double entry accounting as it goes into extinguishing reserve balances and settling payments across multiple currencies out in the world. And maybe that takes a little bit more thought that I've got the ability. Not it, I can say it. I can repeat what has been told to me. But the underlying knowledge, that's tough. That's tough stuff right there. You know, that's really tough stuff. And when you try to explain, and it's, I love it, man in a pit brings out money hierarchy. You know, let's talk about money hierarchy for two seconds, right? Coupons, stamps, all these things, IOUs written on a piece of paper, these are all forms of money, okay? Currency from a government, from a state government that has created its own currency that it taxes and et cetera, is another level. And then another level will be bonds and reserves and other debt instruments. Each of these things has a totally different set of rules, but they all have the same fundamental driver. They're all a form of money. They, they're fungible. They can be used to transact things. You can liquidate, liquidity, things like that. I mean, these are, these are not stuff that you and I talk about all the time. I mean, we maybe try to talk about, we try to read. I mean, I've got books. Some of them are like this thick. And I, I mean... I have audio books. I've got training classes. I make phone calls. I send text messages. I write emails to people. There's only so many hours in the day to get all this shit down. And outside the noise is like a massive cacophony of sound. 
just a wall of sound that you've got to penetrate through. And so you're tempted, tempted to allow the clerics of the new order to be the only voices heard because the church saith that the lay people couldn't possibly understand the Bible and only the priests, the fatherhood could understand the Bible, the chosen. And this goes back, you can even see this in IT. Do y'all remember back in the day when these guys would wear white lab coats to go work on a mainframe? The mainframe that basically is dumber than your smartphone now took up a frigging 10 block section of the city and had to be environmentally contained and controlled. And those guys came in, there were stacks of what looked like timesheet cards, punch cards, electronic tape, whatever, all to do something that your phone now can do without any problem. They kept things intentionally difficult. And they use terms that there's no way that the regular people could understand. So what did they do? People go, oh, that's IT. That's computer stuff. That's programming. That's too smart for me. I can't figure out. I just have to trust the programmers. And now all of a sudden we've got all kinds of hackers and we've got all kinds of other problems and people are left to fucking deal with that world without the knowledge of how to deal with that world. And sure, there's maybe five or six, you know, people that really know their shit when it comes to IT that you probably, and those people that you know, probably says, oh, you should get this VPN service, Nord VPN or whatever. You should do this. That's great. You have access. But it's just like investing. If you don't know, if you don't know, you don't know. And if somebody isn't willing to tell you, you will never know. And if you do take a chance on trying to change the world by explaining to people, there's a chance you'll say something incorrect. And there's another chance that somebody above you will punch down on you for wrecking some non-MMT academics world because they're going to use you because they don't have the courage and conviction to read other academics' papers and judge the theory by their peer-reviewed work. Instead, they punch down at activists. And that, my friends, is the story of Schrodinger's activists. We're either good and we help spread the word about their work, we're bad because we misrepresent it and give all these academics room to room to criticize those mean MMTers because they dared to say austerity is fucking murder and mean it. No apologies, brother. No apologies, sister. I'm here to tell you I'm fighting for people that have it way worse than you and I, way wronger than you and I, way more incorrect than you and I. And this is the problem. When you live in a bubble where everybody knows everything and they're smart and they're brilliant, everybody else is just other. And when you're down in the other zone, you've got to deal with a million storylines. It's just complete chaos and bedlam. Complete chaos and bedlam. So I'm going to go ahead and end this stream. Yeah, it was probably part therapy for me, um, but I tried to keep it 
respectful and in the lines and make the case that, hey, listen, we need the people that are smart to be able to take the time to explain stuff to us without fucking shitting on us, okay? And also we need other academics to recognize, hey, if you're judging their academic work through my Twitter, can you please do me a favor and grow up, Peter Pan, Count Chocula, and start talking to your comrades and your colleagues and learn their work? And I guess for you all, I want to both encourage you and caution you. This is a very, very important subject. It's a very important subject. And even though I am of the mindset that we can't vote our way to the things we need, it's good to radicalize people by showing them that we could have these things, but we're not having them and why. So I hope that you stick around. I hope that you continue learning. I hope that you don't allow any of the noise out there and any of the disrespect activists are shown or any of the tone, the tone policing is just repulsive. It's so disgusting. It is like the most grotesque perversion I've ever seen in my life, but it rains large. So if you're a victim of tone policing or a victim of anybody, well, actually I would say it different. I would say it much more gentle than if you're in that crowd, fuck God, it's every direction. So I hope you know it's still worth it, even though there's tone police out there. It's still worth it, even though there's people that are going to punch you. It's still worth it, even if you get some things wrong. And it's still worth it. It's always worth it to try to find the answer, okay, so that we can do things better. Because you've already seen you can have the best solutions ever. But if you don't have people that believe it and are willing to implement it, you can shit in one hand and wish in the other and hope you've got a fucking party. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to take people like you and I, activists, not giving a fuck who judges us, not giving a fuck about every toe you step on and really, really taking it seriously to learn and to activate and organize around that knowledge. Otherwise, nothing will ever change. Anyway, I'm Steve Grumbine. I hope you guys will like and subscribe. Hopefully you all will stick around, become donors, go to our Patreon, Real Progressive, um, Patreon forward slash Real Progressives, become a monthly donor. You go to our website under Get Involved and Donate. Uh, we use DonorBox there. We are a 501c3 and a 501c4 respectively. This is uh, the Real Progress in Action uh, channel. It is a 501c4, allows us to do political organizing. Our sister channel is Real Progressives, and that is a 501c3 uh, where we do most of our pure educational content. Without further ado, I bid you adieu, and I say see you still. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org.